Hey, what's up, you guys? I'm Andrea. And I'm Haley. And you're listening to Inhuman, a true crime podcast. So today's case, um, I am going to be covering the disappearance and murder, murder, excuse me, of Shauna Howe. So this case actually came as a case suggestion um, from Ashley, and I just wanted to include something that she wrote in her email um, that I thought was kind of interesting. Uh, first of all, she lives in a neighboring town. Oh, wow. Okay. And... She, you know, I guess everyone kind of knows about this case because of the impact that it had on the community. Okay. But also, um, in 2021, on Halloween, an 11-year-old girl named Bella Percy, I think is Piercy? P-I-E-R-C-Y? Yeah, Piercy. Went missing in the same town that Shauna went missing from. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, but luckily she was found that same night around midnight. So her case, thank goodness, you know, had a better ending than Shauna's, unfortunately. Wow. Okay. I don't think I've heard Shauna's case. I feel like I've heard it, but I didn't know like all the details necessarily. Okay. I just remember um, because of the fact that she was a Girl Scout. That's Mm. the thing that kind of triggered a little bit of the memory in my mind. Okay. But we'll go ahead and dive into it. This is this is a really sad case, so just keep that in mind. Okay. And there will be um, some trigger warnings for, obviously, child murder, some uh, sexual abuse and... Or not sexual abuse, excuse me. Sexual um, assault. Sorry. Okay. My brain's not working lately. But <laughs> Well, you are very pregnant, so understandably <laughs> yes. so, but okay. Yes. So... On October 27th of 1992, Shauna Howe, who was only 11 years old, was walking home on a dreary cold night from a Girl Scout Halloween party in Ole City, Pennsylvania. Is it like Ole, like O-L-E, or is it actually old? No. It's old? It's, no, it's O-I-L. Oh, oh, it's oil, not old. I see, but you say old. Sorry. I say old, so just... I love your accent. Bear with me. I love your accent. Okay, so oil city for all of those who don't. Oil city, Pennsylvania. (laughs) Okay. There's also reports that her mother was supposed to pick her up from the party that night and either forgot her... Or just didn't come to pick her up. And she actually walked some of the way home with a boy who had been at the party who was walking in the same direction. But then they had to kind of part ways for her to go towards her house and him to go towards his house. And you said she was 11? She's 11 years old, yeah. So around 8 p.m., Shauna was abducted at the corner of West 1st Street and Reed Street. Which was only two blocks from her no. home. I know. Oh, that reminds it it reminds me a little bit of April Tinsley. She was so mm-hmm. close to home. So close to home. I feel like that's the common denominator in a lot of stories like this. Yeah. They're just like so close to home and it's just so sad and so tragic. It really is. 
So when Shauna never returned home that evening, her parents, Lucy and John, which John was technically her stepdad, um, they called the police and they reported her missing. So, of course, you know, her being a child, a search party immediately ensued to look for the little girl. According to the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, a local resident, Dan Padden, had actually witnessed the kidnapping and was able to provide investigators with some details about the abduction. Oh, wow. Such as the time frame of the kidnapping That's and huge. the getaway vehicle. Yeah. Wow. The similarity between this and April Tinsley is, like, freaking me out. Yeah. So the car that he spotted was a small red car. I don't think he was able to give, like, specific details of, <clears throat> excuse me, the make and model. Right. But just the location. Yeah. You know, the vehicle and then time frame. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's about as good as I could do. I'm so bad at, like, car make and models. I'd probably be like, yep, a red car. Right. (laughs) So authorities, um, they began to set up roadblocks and they alerted all police within a hundred mile radius to see if they could find the small red car that the witness had seen, which is great because I feel like uh, in a lot of cases, police do not alert other um, Mm -hmm. city, county departments. Yeah, that that doesn't happen very often. Yeah. And they also... Since it was a couple of days before Halloween, they decided to cancel Halloween in the small town. Wow. I mean, a small town like that and something scary like that happening, that that doesn't surprise me. That's impressive, though. Yeah. They did not want to take the risk of having another child be abducted in case this was a serial kind of thing. Right. And they would go on to not have Halloween for several years after this, which I'll get into a little later. Okay. So Shauna's uncle created a huge search party and on April, or excuse me, I'm going to say April, on October 29th, so just a couple of days after Shauna went missing, they discovered something. Oh no. So someone in the search party actually found a piece of Shauna's ballerine costume underneath a railroad trestle in Cotler's Hole, which... She had been wearing the night she went missing. Like I said, it was a Halloween party, so everyone was dressed up. Her costume was a ballerina costume, and they found a piece of that costume. Man, okay. Yeah. Police continued to search extensively throughout this area, but nothing else was found during their search. They did send the piece of costume they found off to the lab, and there was evidence left behind on it implying there had been a sexual assault. No. They also now had a DNA sample from whoever abducted Shauna. But, you know, that's 1992. Yeah. So I don't yeah. think they could really do much with it at that time. But good they they still, like, actually collected it. Yeah. Yeah. Knowing that, you know, eventually they probably could link yeah. it to someone. I guess 92, we were kind of starting to get to that point some of that yeah Yeah. maybe more aware but still that's still impressive that they collected it because i feel like that doesn't always happen right so on october 30th a man who had been camping in some nearby woods noticed something in the water no unfortunately it turned out to be the body of 11 year old shauna oh so when she was found she was wearing shorts and socks that did not belong to her Oh, and the t-shirt okay. that she was wearing was inside out. 
were the shorts and socks like too big for her or were they just like like was it like an adult shorts and socks or were they just like I don't think they were adult clothing but it was obvious that it wasn't her so maybe right. it was like a boys or right you know something like that or like another little girls and her parents knew like no those were not her belongings right I know I just asked that because it's like if an adult abducted her like was it that person's clothing or was it like like why you know I feel like that opens the door of like why would this person have other children's clothing if that's what it was yeah exactly yeah So the location that she was discovered was 200 feet away from where they found the piece from her costume. Oh, man. And the police had searched that same area just the day before, which meant the killer had had obviously brought Shauna back to that area and left her there to die. And I'm sorry, how many days after she was abducted? Was this just the next day? So... No, this was on October 30th, and she was abducted on October 27th, so it was three days later. Okay, so so he, whoever, I'm assuming a guy, whoever took her, had her for some time. Had her for a couple of days, yeah, before. They had just searched that area the day before. Right, and she wasn't there, okay. And she was not there. But that piece from her costume, you know, they had found right around that same, what they say, like 200 feet Yeah, 200 feet Okay. So Shauna had been raped and then horrifically thrown over the railroad trestle. Her cause of death appeared to be blunt force trauma to the head and chest, most likely caused by the fall. Oh my God. Okay. So I guess, you know, they took her off and did what they did to her and then brought her there basically to die. That's disgusting. Yeah. Police immediately began investigating Shauna's death. First, they took DNA samples from all of the male members in Shauna's family. Okay, yep. They wanted to compare the samples they took to the ones they found on Shauna's costume and on her body once they found her body. Unfortunately, like, typically the... Inner circle. Yeah. Yeah, and then kind of work your way out. Right. Soon after, the FBI began to assist in the case, which I think is pretty common with child cases like this. Yeah. And they were able to come up with a psychological profile of Shauna's killer. Okay. They said it was most likely a Caucasian male in their 20s who likely had a major shift in his behavior, possibly drinking more or going as far as quitting his job. So those were kind of things that they, you know, had the public look out for, basically. Again, so freaky. I'm sorry I keep bringing it up, but it's just crazy how similar it is to April Tinsley's case. Well, I mean, it's a psychological profile, and unfortunately, right. or not unfortunately, but fortunately, these people are often very similar yeah. that do these kind of things. Yeah. I mean, obviously, there's there's differentiating factors and things like that, but... But they often are have similar traits and mindsets exactly. and stuff, which is what yep. makes them the monsters that do this, but... Exactly. Wow. Yeah. Police also began asking residents of the area to think about any males they may know who had a, who had suddenly under, undergone these intense changes. The police began receiving tons of calls, and they received a tip about a man named Ted Walker because he fit that description, and people were saying, you need to investigate this guy. 
That's impressive that the public actually like identified somebody. I feel like that doesn't happen super often because typically you're just thinking like, well, this person I know, there's no way that they could do there's that. There's no way they could yeah. have done that. Yeah. It was a pretty tight knit community from what I understand. And okay. I don't I don't know if it was like small enough where everybody knew everybody, but I think it was like the type of community that, you know, the seedy characters and like okay. if somebody was acting a certain way, word of mouth, you know, right. that kind of thing. And Ted knew Shauna because he worked at a pizza shop that Shauna and her friends often frequented. Okay, so he would have known her. Yep. The biggest kicker is that he also owned a small red car, similar to the one seen by the witness the evening the evening that Shauna was abducted. Well, there you go. However, when they tested Ted's DNA, it did not match any that was found on Shauna. I wish you guys could see my face right now. I know. Like, Disappointed. Because yeah. you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you're like, what? Yeah. No, like, it has no to way. be him, but what? It has to be Ted. Yeah. So, unfortunately, after this, Shauna's case went cold. Wow, so this guy, literally everything but DNA matched, and they couldn't do anything. Did they ever consider that maybe somebody else was involved and it was two people? They did, but without any other leads, there was mm. no way to be able Damn. to pursue anything. You okay. Know? So, 10 years, no promising leads. In 2002, DNA evidence ran by an FBI lab in Washington, D.C. would l finally link Shauna to a man by the name of James O'Brien. Wow. Okay. James was already in prison serving a sentence for the attempted kidnapping of a woman in 1995. Okay. So this would be just a few short years after Shauna's kidnapping and murder yep james admitted that he and his brother had been staying with a local man by the name of eldred ted walker at the time of shauna's murder oh and that his brother timothy o'brien had confessed to plans to abduct and murder a young girl oh my god okay so, right away, he's pointing fingers, but he knew Mr. Ted Walker. So, Ted, again, was questioned by authorities, and his home was was finally searched. I guess they didn't search it in the, in the first place because of the DNA not matching. Right. I which, mean, to me, is kind of crazy, but, you know, I guess there, there's no probable cause. <laughs> right. Like, maybe if the DNA hadn't come back yet, they could have searched but once the dna came yeah. back like unfortunately dna can be amazing but it can also go the opposite way right it could not work in your favor <laughs> yeah and so his home was searched and ted told police that the brothers had told him at that time they were planning on kidnapping a young boy oh and he claimed that it was going to be a quote-unquote prank which is like <sighs> haha so funny kidnapping yeah. a child yeah freaking hilarious like, that's disgusting hell? as walker was describing the night to police he went on to tell them that the brother showed up at his home with a frightened young a frightened young girl he then allegedly made them leave and told them to take the girl with them so they did 
Mm. Yeah. So luckily, all three men were arrested without hesitation. Okay, good. Which is good, because to me, it sounds like they all had their hand in it. Yeah, that's that's good. Their trials began in September of 2006. Ted Walker, of course, took a plea deal to testify against the brothers, and he would only be charged with third-degree murder, which is still impressive because they didn't have his DNA linking him to Right. It was just like the, the witness case. account, basically. Yeah. Wow. But okay. I think because of, like, his car... Him right. knowing didn't he didn't report it. Right. Okay. Like, yeah. you're guilty, That's, dude. Yeah. And maybe he did more than... Maybe he didn't kill True. her. But could have but, been involved more than he said. Exactly. So he testified against the O'Brien brothers. And after deliberating for 16 hours over a two-day period, the jury did find... James and Timothy O'Brien guilty of second-degree murder and third-degree murder, as well as kidnapping, conspiracy, but they were acquitted of the charges of first-degree murder and rape. Why? I have no idea, because the evidence that was found on her obviously told investigators that she had been sexually assaulted. I guess... Only thing I can think of is that they did a rape kit and maybe she hadn't actually been raped, but right. maybe there was like still sexual assault. Okay. But but even still, she they they should have had charges for that. For, yeah. She was a child. I wonder if like they went too far with the rape charge and should have like you know dialed it back to whatever it would be like sexual assault or something like that to to convict if they didn't think yeah that, but maybe they did think that you know rape would go go through because yeah. yeah and the first degree murder like if they had planned to do something that's first degree murder right i mean according to james even if i mean he's probably full of shit but he said that his brother was planning to kidnap yeah. a girl and then ted said they were planning to yeah. kidnap a boy and then they show up with Shauna at Ted's house. So, yeah. how is that not? I guess that's degree? where like the conspiracy comes in. But mm. yeah, I don't, I don't get Jeez, it either. Okay. Like first degree murder and the rape charge just poop right out the window. Well, at least they were convicted of something. Yeah, and they were sentenced to consecutive life sentences. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. So Ted. Good old Ted was given a 20 to 40 year prison sentence, which I mean, yeah, I guess I mean, is better than nothing. I feel like that is pretty good considering they had no physical evidence. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. I just feel like he was involved more than he let on. And because he pled out, right, you know, he didn't have to do the, the consecutive life sentences for her murder. Of course, because that's what happens when you take a plea deal like that. Exactly. So, if you recall at the top of the story, I told you that the town had banned trick-or-treating after Shauna's disappearance and murder. Yeah. But in 2008, a young girl actually went to the city council and confronted them with a petition of 175 signatures to lift the ban. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, it was like, what, over a decade? Yeah. Well, 
Yeah, over a decade, they had no Halloween. Which wow, is, that's so sad. I mean, I don't blame them because that's like yeah, so scary to have gone through that as a community. Yeah. The city did lift the band, but the town of Ool City and other surrounding areas still do trick-or-treating on different days as opposed to on actual Halloween. Oh, that's interesting. Which, I mean, like, I, I don't know. Like, if you're still going to do it, like, why does yeah. it matter? Like, if it's if, on Halloween if or not, somebody's but... in the town that's going to do something bad, they're going to know when. And it didn't even happen on Halloween. On like, Halloween. It wasn't it somebody was, was abducted as tri- they were trick-or-treating. It was like she was walking home from a Girl Scout party. Exactly. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So they were able to um, do Halloween again as a community, just That's not good. on actual Halloween. And it and it obviously affected the towns, you know, surrounding them as well. Yeah. So that is the disappearance and murder of Shauna Howe. And... It's just such a sad, you know, there's not a ton of details to her case, um, but I feel like it is an important one to share because it took 10 years, Yeah, but they still got the pieces of shit that did this to her and they are serving their time and, you know, the justice for her family and for Shauna, even though it took 10 years, they still have it. And I like sharing these kind of cases because it does give hope to the families that, still have no answers and absolutely yeah amazing that's yeah yeah it's heartbreaking but it's like incredible that she was able to get justice yeah i agree so i will be sharing pictures of shauna she was known by her family as being you know very spirited like she was kind of spunky and kind of like stubborn and hard-headed um i love that and you know i just so sad, like, when these young people, this happens to, like, such young people, but I would definitely be sharing pictures of her on our Instagram, so make sure you are following us over at inhuman underscore podcast. Yeah. I will post it on our Facebook page. We've really been enjoying you guys' feedback on Facebook. You guys have really been giving us a lot of feedback and just hearing, like, your thoughts about cases and even learning things that we might not have known about certain cases. Yeah. Um, like, just because we do all the research doesn't mean we find absolutely everything. You know, we both yeah. have... Andrea is a mom and is pregnant, and I have a full-time job, <laughs> so we both have other things going on. So it's really awesome when you guys can, like, contribute with stuff. We really like that, so keep doing that. Absolutely. Yeah, we love that. We love interacting with you guys over there, too. And that is just Inhuman Podcast over on Facebook. But that is all I have for you guys today. Um, Thank you, as always, so much for listening. Don't forget to rate and review us if you're listening on Apple or Spotify. Yeah. And until the next episode, keep it human. Bye.